Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Now, you've probably seen those robotic supermarkets on your social media feed at some point. You know, the ones, those supermarkets on wheels that come to your local neighborhood and you can go in and you can buy anything you want in a supermarket and often they are unmanned. Well, the guy behind those, the co-founder of the company Mobi Mart, is joining us on Asia Tech Podcast now. He's going to talk about how they built Mobi Mart, the robo supermarket, what the philosophy was behind Mobi Mart, and what that means for the future. So if you were to apply the ideas and the philosophy of streaming to physical goods, products, and services... How will that change, not just e-commerce and retail, but how will that change society? So coming up in the next 30 minutes, Thomas Mazzetti, CEO, co-founder of MobiMart, is going to talk to us about those robo-supermarkets that you keep seeing on your social media feed. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. Hello and welcome to Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown, joined today by Thomas Mazzetti. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you, Graham. We're going to talk about retail. We're going to talk about Asia. We're going to talk about Moby Mart. Let's start at the top. Let's put Moby Mart on the table. It's got a lot of press coverage recently. What exactly is it? Uh, so the, the Moby Mart is a staffless store um, to begin with. That is a, an Amazon Go kind of a store. You you enter the store with your um, cell phone and you, you grab whatever you want and, and you exit. That that's That's the beginning of it. Uh, but second, in order to, to make these more accessible, we decided to make them mobile, to put them on wheels. Mm. So we mass manufacture them um, quite cheap compared to brick and mortar stores, which and, and then we put them on wheel, which makes us makes it possible to, to put them in villages, uh, suburbs, tech campuses, uh, anywhere, basically, where there's no store at all today. Mm. So th- these are the uh, the stores that you've probably seen on, or sorry, these are the, the these vehicles you've probably seen on uh-huh. your LinkedIn. If you're listening, you would have seen these. Uh, I mean, how, how do you describe it? I mean, is it a ro- <laughs> robot store? I mean, you've kind of all different things to describe a Moby Mart. What exactly is it? Um, the vehicle yeah, itself. I mean, I kind of like the robot store. I mean, wh- what it is, it's 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 a step towards. A time when, when I mean, we hear of self-driving all the time and, and autonomous vehicles, but but it's always about you know cars with with humans in them, like traditional cars suddenly turning self-driving. What we're doing is use the same technology, but but use it in something different, and that is a store. So the store in itself, well, it's not now, but it will be, and we're already using uh, beta testing self-driving. So it will be a self-driving store. Mm. So th- this is the store that comes to you, right? So yes. How does how does <laughs> let's talk about let's describe one of these vehicles first, and then we could talk about how it actually works. So maybe yep. we can talk before. Where exactly is this? Is it? Have you just done your trials in some in cities in China? Where are you at the moment? Yeah, China, China, in 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 Hefei, it's outside of Shanghai. It's a two hours train ride north of Shanghai. Right. Okay. A university city. So we're working together with the technical university in Hefei. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you you're in Hefei. You've built these vehicles. How big is one of these stores? It's roughly fifteen square meters. 
that is quite small then compared to, right. to I mean, it's a corner store, sort of a, you know, airport 7-Eleven-ish kind of size. Mm, mm, okay, so it's 15 square meters. What, what can you get in that? I mean, how many SKUs, how many items can you get in that? More than you think, actually, since 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 we're restocking so easily, and since the entire store moves to to be restocked, uh, I think at the latest we can have a hundred lines, a mm. hundred different products. That is mm. okay. And how does that work? Does it? Come, I mean, as a user, as a shopper, do I have to call it to me, or does it stop at certain locations, like a food truck might stop at certain streets, for example? Yeah, it, it, it stops. Now we, we're working with it's running a route, like you say. It's like a food truck. It stops at certain places at certain times, or it can even, you know, drive to some place and then just stay there for a few days. Right. Uh, in the future, we, we um, uh, imagine the, the, the stores will be circulating as well in, in city centers. But at most times, there will be a store at certain locations anyway, but they move around in order to, to have new inventory and to restock themselves, etc. Mm. Okay. I'm fascinated why we actually need this because somebody might argue, for example, that, well, you can't be that far from a 7-Eleven or you can't be that far from a delivery, you know, wherever you are in the world, there'll be a delivery service that can bring this stuff to you. Why do we need the supermarket to come to you? Why don't we just put those items in somebody's motorbike and then to deliver it to you? Yeah. I mean, first of all, being far from a 7-Eleven, even I, I was in New York not not too long ago. And to find something, you know, we're working around the clock because we're always in different weird time zones. It's not easy to find a convenience store open at like 2 a.m. in New York. You have to use the subway or a taxi or something. Mm. So that's one thing with, with being staffless. I mean, we can put these, they, they are will be open around the clock. Even if they're in a, like a small village in rural Alabama, they will be around the clock open. That That's one thing. So... And the second thing is, like, we, we're the, the first plan is to roll them out in small villages. Uh, and, and small villages today don't even have a 7-Eleven, even at, at daytime, and, and let alone some delivery. You know, yes, in, in big cities like Shanghai or, or where we are, I mean, you, you can get most things delivered within a reasonable time. But, but if you're in, like, Alaska or, mm. you know, I don't know, like, Scotland or, like... Almost half of the world's population today still lives in villages without retail or mm. walking distance to retail. Mm. So half the world's population is not a bad like demographic target market. Right, right. Okay. So, okay. Got it. I'm interested to know how this actually came about. Let's talk about your background and how you got to this point and how you're involved in creating the Moby Mart. Well, you, you're from Sweden originally. Um, mm -hmm. When did you come to? Uh, what's your situation? Are you based in Asia now? You're based in Hong Kong, based in China. When did you come to Asia? Um, so me and, and a couple of friends founded another company called Wheelies, and Wheelies is a cafe. It's a bicycle that also serves coffee, like a trike that serves mm. coffee. And and we realized there was a huge market from people around the world that wanted to sell things on the streets, you know, start their own cafe. And we can mass manufacture them so we can get the price down. So we did that and, and we started making them in China and that's what brought us to China. Mm. Uh, and then we realized that there's a market for more than just coffee and 
<clears throat> I grew up in a small village that where the last store shut down in the 1980s. And, you know, that, that was not just a place where we got food. That's where you met your neighbors and, and you know, uh, what do you say, mm. gossiped about the, the world and the weather and, and everything. So that, when that left, something in the village actually died. So I've I, I always like, been interested in, in some way to use technology to do something there. And, and then at this point, we had the, the cafes. We knew we can mass manufacture uh, systems to sell things on the streets. And then, and then we built them bigger. And suddenly it was a store. And uh, yeah, mm. that's the story. Well, it's interesting because you got a good backing as well. You got, uh, did you go through Y Combinator or were they yeah. the partners involved? So you went through the program at Y Combinator? Not, not Moby Mart, but Wheelies that Wheelies, we founded yeah. before. Yeah, and, part, and Moby was partly a sprung out of Wheelies, actually. Yeah. Why, why do you think Y Combinator took that on? Because it's not, when you look at the, on face value, when you look at Wheelies, it's not, you're not building a database solution. You're not building an enterprise app. Was it that they saw in what you were doing that attracted them to, or you to them? Um, I think first of all, I, I, I think I, I can't really speak speak for them. I, but, but for me personally, I mean, the way that they think about scaling things and, and you know, getting a minimum viable product, bring it to market fast and then then scale it, etc. I think is is a concept that you can use on many other businesses than, than are you know traditionally looked upon as as startups and tech startups mm. and and obviously i mean we we started with two three cafes in sweden just four years ago and now there's over 800 sold to to over 80 countries and that kind of expansion i mean it, it was unthinkable just a few years ago i, I mean just imagine so people find it online and then buy the whole system etc hmm. so, so in some sense it is like the the startup growth and, and scaling but but on a physical uh, product and i think that will actually we will see a lot more of 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 companies like that in in the future yeah i wonder if there's anything philosophical about what you do in the sense that you know obviously economically when you take something like wheelies versus a coffee chain you know i mean wheelies is yeah. what about was it three thousand dollars to start one of these franchises or to buy one of yeah. these these vehicles whereas a coffee chain would probably cost you about a million right so yeah. there's that, and you talked about, for example, creating these these localized communities and so on. And now you're creating these. Uh, well, I mean, you've got all kinds of different descriptions of what of Moby Mart is, from a crazy mm -hmm. robot superstore to, you know, democratizing supermarkets <laughs> for the masses. Is there a philosophy behind what you do? I mean, is or is it just the fact that you see a cheap way of distributing? Um, you know, daily goods and services to people, or is there something else? Is there a bigger story behind what what drives you to create these services? Yes, I I I like to believe that we 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 have a founding core belief that what we want to do is to to bring the the tools that the the bigger players have, like in the cafe uh, example, you have as you said, you have the big global re cafe chains like Starbucks and then they obviously have have access to all the branding and everything you need to start up a store but as you said that will cost you a million dollars or something to begin with uh, and 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 we sort of we try to provide the same thing in a 
extremely budget level for for anyone you know students or or people just wanting to start a, a new life selling with their own cafe and and it is the same fun, fun thoughts behind this i mean we we would like um, people in villages that that today doesn't have any retail to 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 gang up and and, and buy and, and and help operating one of these stores so apart from the fact that that we think it is very important for villages that that today that doesn't have any retail to have retail i mean that can be a matter of life and death and survival for a small village it's also about them being locally run and locally owned and, and supported mm. so sometimes i think we have almost too much of this uh, but but it, in the long run i, I also truly believe that that will be a huge strength that we have um, compared to to other more you know top down uh, operations mm -hmm. many of today's you know super fast unicorns etc they have become still uh, a very top down run it, it and 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 i think we are different in the sense that we are a community i mean we have all these operators humans that that are part of the community that is wheelies mm -hmm. When you look at Moby Mart, what's your vision for that? Do you see it as as a a service that you would run as the next Amazon or Amazon Go, or was it something that you would then that you, somebody could locally franchise? So if I was a local yeah. store, or was it something that you would sell the technology to a large retailer like a Carrefour or a Tesco or so on? Yeah, I mean, so so look upon it as that we provide the technology that others can can use to okay so we're the we're the maker of the aircraft we're not the the airline or we're the maker of the cars we're not the taxi company so so we can help local retailers or or chains to to use our technology uh well those that can't afford to develop their own you know amazon mm. go kind of system can can instead use ours and use their whole you know supply lines and and branding and and local knowledge and local you know uh, everything but but our technology that that is the the dream of it mm -hmm. uh, what does that do for the retailers themselves these local retailers who, who does that who, who would that appeal to what kind of you know what kind of local retailers could make use of this i mean would it be the guy who has the farm shop or would it be you know i'm just curious as to what kind of people would actually find this you know solving the biggest pain point for them right now well definitely i, I think the biggest advantage in the long run will be for the guy running the, the the farm shop because we can provide with a complete solution including you know the physical store for for you know less than ten thousand dollars something that would cost a lot to of course manufacture it's like making a car right you you make many they become cheaper than if you try to make a car in in your own backyard mm. because these will involve a lot of technology you have the the service that runs all all the systems and you have the the security the cameras and and all kinds of, of automatic systems of, of of just the shopping experience so so for someone to put that together in their own backyard that would cost you know hundred thousand dollars or something but we make many that will be a fraction of that mm -hmm. but but to begin with i would also like to say that i mean any operator of of food retail today like corner stores 
you know, the, the, the ones that you find in petrol stations or, or in city centers, they could also obviously benefit to, to, to use ours because they even already, they, they cost a fraction of, of building or, you know, renting uh, brick and mortar stores in, in a city today is, is both complex and ex- expensive. What does that look like then if, if this was to become super successful and it would replace much of that sort of mid-tier or smaller tier retail? Yeah. You know, that you would have cities where serviced by hundreds, if not thousands of these Mobi Marts um, yeah. and, and bringing store. Is that the sort of vision that you would see realistic in the future where, you know, you you – what we know is some retail outfits would disappear and they'd be replaced by Moby Marts yeah. and our, our roads would be, you know, fleets of Moby Marts servicing, <laughs> you know, communities off, off out on, on the suburbs somewhere. Yeah. That, that's the, fu- the fun part is like what you mentioned is like the, the whole world today is, the, the, is built around cars, right? The infrastructure is cars and cars are take an enormous it's an enormous footprint in our cities parking spaces is part of it but also the roads and all the other part of the infrastructures that that revolve around cars so actually even if if we have you know a few hundred uh, or a few thousand of our stores in new york that's just a minimum that's a percentage of the footprint Mm. of the cars today transporting individuals so so that's like something that we can piggyback on that 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 the entire cities are built around this anyway Mm -hmm. does that mean i mean would that replace all retail I mean, apart from, you mentioned, for example, there's an element of retail of creating that community space. Maybe we'll get the community spaces back somewhere else, but would this replace the bulk of the functional retail? For example, if I just wanted to buy my daily groceries, maybe I'm not interested in hanging out and having a chat. You know, maybe I can go to a coffee store for that. But do Mm -hmm. you see, you know, there's a whole raft of retail that would be replaced by mobile supermarkets? Um. Well, first of all, I think you you actually point to something that is uh, key for for other retailers or for retailers in general to understand today is that retail is also an experience for for people. People like to feel and smell and and you know sense mm. things. So so th- those retailers that are expert in that they will survive. Uh, it, it, I. I often compared to, to, you know, at the time when you, you could buy bottled beer on Amazon, but, but bottled beer on Amazon, will that replace like bars and pubs? Yeah. And, and, you know, it, of course not, because people do, it's not to, to save money or anything. So why can't you meet your friend at home? It's where humans are, are fundamentally hardwired to, 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 to look, to, to meet and congregate and then, and, and social gatherings. So that's, that's one side of it. So I'm not the, that kind of retail, I think, still have a, a, a good future in front of them. But but you don't do that when you're going to buy, you know, you know, like a liter of milk at eight o'clock in the mm. evening or something, you know, for your for pancakes for your kids. You don't want to like hang out and talk or you just want that milk. And, and all that kind of retail, I think there will be uh, mobile-like solutions um, on, and they will almost necessarily be uh, mobile. It, it, now we're talking about you know the accessibility and so on, but it's also about the cost of automation. And and it's one thing to automate the whole shopping experience. We already done that. You can enter the store just using your app, shop, and then leave. Uh, but but 
Amazon Go, etc., they still need to use uh, delivery trucks. And to automate that, that's a whole different ballgame mm. <laughs> and, and, and totally unnecessary, right? You have the delivery truck going there and then putting everything on shelf, removing all the bad inventory, etc. While in our case, we just come there and then we stay there for a while and then everyone gathers at, at um, distribution hubs and then we go back. Mm. Yeah, there's a similar kind of argument brought up when people talk about the machines, talk about AI replacing human beings, mm -hmm. especially in the world of work. So one of the questions that comes up a lot, lot is, you know, what jobs will be replaced by machines in the next 20 or 30 years? And it's interesting that what tends to be the case is that there are a very um, wide set of jobs that will be replaced by machines because fun effectively those jobs are no more than somebody filling out a spreadsheet. You know, that could be, for example, yeah. a lawyer or even on the extreme, a doctor, you know, looking yeah. at patterns and looking at, you know, inputs yeah. and outputs. But at the same time, it doesn't mean they'll replace everything. It places a higher premium on the experiential work, which is the work which a machine can't do, which is in a, in a sense, like you say, what we're hardwired to do as human beings. It's the emotional stuff. It's that connectivity. Yeah. You know, that's why, for example, a chef may never be replaced by a machine because a chef can connect with a customer and also tell a story effectively yeah. about what they're doing. So, yeah. you know, I think people get fearful when they see machines, but effectively what you're doing or what the machines are doing with work is taking away the heavy lifting or the inefficiencies in the market, yeah. right? Yeah. But I mean, in, in our case, I, I don't think almost anyone dreams of of being the the cashier i mean it's it's a good job in the sense that you meet a lot of people and, and it doesn't require a lot of, of special skills so you can just step into it while you are doing other things and 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 and, and etc so there are advantages to it but but even given that uh, if we have all that already in place by using technology, the same person can instead be in the store, you know, helping people out, giving advice, showing them things, you know, uh, presenting you things and, and doing other stuff that actually adds a lot of value mm. in comparison to, to just manually accepting credit cards and, you know, <laughs> doing all the scanning for the customers for them, etc. Yeah. So, so I think in our case, it's, it's we're really replacing something with something. Uh, that that adds more value mm. both to the person receiving it and, and to the person <laughs> giving it yeah it requires a mindset shift though doesn't it people to move up the chain yep. and focus yep. more on what's irreplaceable i mean how have you found people have received your moby marts what sort of reactions you get talk about the sliding scale of reactions because the press has had a real field there talking about you know the 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 um the trials and obviously yep. it looks great People love talking about it. You, you get everything yeah. from being crazy to the robots and so on. Can you sort of tell about the varied reactions people have to Moby Mart? Um, I mean, we 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 anticipated people, uh, you know, get, <laughs> wanting to try it because of the no novelty value. I mean, it's, it's something new, and, and and so so. But but we've been running it now for almost six months. Every day, you know, yes, that that, that boring, steady operations on a on a Tuesday morning in in, in February, uh, and and people seem, which we didn't anticipate, to to use our stores both more to prefer it to to stores with with humans in them we thought like okay hey we could we can do this we can be an alternative maybe a little cheaper alternative and maybe open at hours 
when 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 the when the store with the staff in it is is not open but instead it seems like even when that store is is open uh, people prefer to use the mobi mm. uh, i'm not sure why that is uh, maybe it is that thing that 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 it, this at the mobi today that the ones that we're running now is not about the experience shopping but it's about convenience and speed so so just to enter the store and to buy something you can do in a mobi for in around 10 seconds that's the average time it takes mm. to to go in and buy a coca-cola and then some snacks whereas in a traditional store I will not give you exact numbers because it varies, but but it's at, at least I, I mean a, a multiple up up from that. So convenience seems to be the the, the main reason that that people choose it long term, novelty to begin with, and then convenience to 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 continue. Uh, I guess maybe a little bit like Uber, right? Yeah, yeah. At exactly. least my experience with Uber was like that. First, it was something someone talked to, I wanted to try it, and then it was so easy, you know. So you just don't bother with. I wonder, I mean, you mentioned Uber as a good example. We'll come to that in a minute. Is that you, you, you sort of, you, you mentioned what the value in, is in this beyond convenience in mm-hmm. the sense that I, I think about my own example, my own sort of like insight is that I, I would look at some stores, for example, where I would say I would not actually want to go back there and buy something because of the the cashier and just bear with me a second nothing against the cashier but I've all, <laughs> so for example a good example is i walk into a store i buy something i walk out and thought oh shit i've forgotten something i've forgotten the milk yeah. i've got to walk back in there but it's the same girl yeah. on the cashier yeah. i don't want to look stupid so i won't go back in there and buy it right and i guess yeah. it's this this sort of illogical it's an emotional part of shopping which yeah. you know there everything has a cost everything has a cost financially yeah. and time and one thing we don't account for is emotion. So when I buy something from somebody, a person, yeah. it's an, um, there's an emotional input there. I have to interact with that person. It costs me some emotional coin, yeah. some token, right? Yeah. And why I like Uber or Grab is I'm not interacting with that person. I don't have to talk to them. I don't have to get, you know, rummage through my pocket and get money out. And yeah. all that sort of emotional energy is wasted in interacting yeah. with that person. What you're doing is just to make it a transaction. So I don't have that experience of, oh, no, crap, I forgot the milk. Oh, no, she's going to think I'm an idiot coming back in and in ordering it again. Or, no, I've already yeah. come in twice today and she's going to think, oh, why is he coming in a third time, right? All those kind of <laughs> things that go on in our head as stupid shoppers. But that's the emotional aspect. I think you're sort of eliminating that cost, which makes it purely functional for people. Yes. And, 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 it's a very good reflection and 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 also you have to remember that you are <laughs> my 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 brief experience talking to you you're you're socially calibrated i mean this is all is a professional thing for you so you can imagine how the exact feelings that you have going in there can be for someone that is a little bit more socially awkward i mean for many people this <laughs> yeah. is really a very hard thing they they you know it's like right teenagers you know they can oh should i go into that store again they will think i'm stupid etc you know that's a conversation <laughs> that can last half an hour for teenagers but 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 the, of course after a while that that leaves you but it's still in there so many mm. many people i think really have that mm. and, and it's hard to 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 what do you say it's, it's hard to um, put down in numbers or, or to 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 get exact figures out of that but it is a fundamental uh, 
a key part in how we act as humans. It's real, Sometimes yeah. we really want it and are willing to pay a bonus for, for having a bartender service that, you know, that 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 um, Tom Collins, but at other times that's the least thing we, exactly. we, we want. We're ready to pay a premium to avoid that. So, yeah, exactly. And you have to distinguish when. <laughs> exactly. Very interesting. It's it's. I, I find it fascinating because I mean, you are. I mean, I know people may talk of you as a robo supermarket, a robo mart, and so yeah. on. And but you know, you're fundamentally talk, talk touching on very emotional human behaviors, and uh, you know. Yeah. Anybody in retail will know that people buy on emotion and justify with logic. You know, they yeah. emotions the reason why they buy, but they also, oh, why did you buy that? It's yeah. oh, oh, because it was on sale, <laughs> or because you know they always come up with a logical justification because they don't want to look stupid, right? So it's fascinating yep. what you're doing, sort of touching on that element, and you know, I think that will raise it for some people what you're doing, you'll get a lot of critics because you know they won't like it because they're scared of what you're doing, but you'll get a lot yeah. of fans as well, and. and as you can see from the press, people love it. So yeah, taking that to Hong Kong. So you're going to be in Hong Kong next month at Launchpad. Mm -hmm. What sort of themes, what riffs are you going to talk about when you're presenting? Um, well, I, I, I think, I mean, it's, it's what we've been discussing to, to, today. Uh, the, the automation of, of menial works in the service and retail se sector is, is, is the, the, the obviously the first that springs to mind and and hopefully i'm also gonna talk a little bit more about the vision the end game of of, mm. of this i mean there there will be i mean you 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 actually touched upon it and in terms of of having many fleets of these stores moving around replacing actually other stores and and i think that's a huge ad i i like to make the analogy you know when streaming started to replace physical rental of videos you know physical rentals of v dvds for instance of course if you lived in like the center of a big city you could always do that but what if you lived in in the countryside or in, even in a suburb it's it's far away you have to take the car etc or it's not open so and now with streaming if you live in you know rural alaska you have the exact same uh, possibilities to watch the latest movies as someone in the center of, of mm. manhattan I think what we want to do is to start moving in the direction with physical goods as well. So at 3 a.m. in the morning in, in November, Tuesday in, in rural Alaska, you should be able to get the same things as you can in, in, in Manhattan. And that will change more about how we humans can, can you know, live and, and work and, 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 and communicate as a, <laughs> as a community. Well, it raises many interesting philosophical questions. Streaming retail? Is that such a thing? Does it exist? <laughs> you just invented it. I'll, I'll just even, it. You, if it's you, okay. Yeah. You can Thank own you. it. Yeah, exactly. I'll take credit for it at some point. But then, you, you know, okay. And does that, I know you're now fundamentally uh, Moby Mart and obviously you have Wheelie's background as well. Is that, yeah. does this go into other areas? I mean, you know, Thinking beyond just retail, do you see this impacting other areas? I mean, is this something you're going to talk about in Hong Kong? Is this something you like to talk about? Do you think about, you know, what happens if you take the idea of what you're doing, streaming physical products and services, and apply it to other areas? Do you often wonder yeah. about that? Yes, I, I mean, this is what you you we could apply this now we're applying it to to uh, convenience shopping because maybe because of that's 
what I started to talk about growing up in a village and then how important a, a local store can, can be. But of course, it can be applied to, to any goods, the sales of, of, of any goods, but also a lot of other stuff, you know, everything from digital healthcare that is starting to, to mm. uh, become bigger, at least in, in Scandinavia, that's growing exponentially at the moment, etc. And you, you could really do marvels. Imagine one of our mobis instead being a, a hospital with mm. digital doctors being able to, to at least, you know, make preliminary uh, guidance to people using tech, et, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also actually, it's already almost off the grid. So it's run by solar power, right? And batteries, et cetera. So our store will be as good and, and technological in, I don't know, like, like Rwanda as it would be in central Shanghai. Mm. So you also have that aspect, which is similar to, I, I suppose, when cell phones started to, to, um, what do you call that? They, many places in the world went from no phone to a cell phone and didn't even pass the, the landline phones. And mm. I think it might be similar in this case that, that it's, I don't think all of Africa and all of other poor areas will go <laughs> via, you know, Walmart kind of supermarkets and then into this. They, they might go directly into these stores. Mm. Well, that's amazing. I look forward to that discussion in Hong Kong. It's been fascinating. And I think you, you're just, you, you're at the, the tip of the spear in terms of potential application here. I'm really excited to see how this one goes. So I will see you in Hong Kong, Thomas. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today and sharing with us the journey of Moby Mart. Keep us updated. And that is Thomas Mazzetti, everybody, co-founder of Moby Mart <laughs> and Wheelies. Thank you so much today. Thank you, Graham. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.